What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Keeping It Real podcast, where we talk all things movies and TV. I'm your host, James, as always, joined by Jack, Calvin and Reese. Right before Spider-Man No Way Home is finally released into the wild, we're going to take a look back at the seven live-action Spider-Man films that precede No Way Home, from Sam Raimi's original 2002 film all the way to Marvel's Far From Home. Um, much to Reese's chagrin, we are leaving out Spider-Verse. I'm sure we might talk about that sometime in the future there is a sequel coming out um but for now we're just going to stick with the characters that are going to appear in the film later this week uh, allegedly. So we'll... allegedly they're allegedly. in it they are in it oh i have a horrible bet with jack if they're not there's probably some legal reasons you'll say allegedly just like, just in case everyone gets massive imagine if they weren't imagine if they weren't i don't know part don't of me doesn't I... want them to be just so I can see you after the chaos. Yeah. I, I don't know what I do. I would also be sad. I know what you'll do, mate. <laughs> the culmination of this bet, I know exactly what you'll do. <laughs> oh, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. You're never going to see me in that place. Uh, so how we're going to do this is we're going to talk about each film in release order, what works, what doesn't, and ultimately where each film lands on our respective lists from one to seven. And then by the end, hopefully have a definitive Keeping It Real ranked list. Uh, So we're going to go in order of how my Zoom call is laid out. Uh, So we're going to go, we're going to go Jack, me, Calvin, Maurice, so I can keep track of it. Finally, I'm always first. I like not being first. (laughs) More time to think. (laughs) I'm I'm going first, but I'm definitely the least prepared. (sighs) It's just the way the Zoom calls dealt it, man. I've never even seen a Spider-Man film. Not my problem. <laughs> well, you're last, like so you got, you got time while we're talking to fit some in. Right, let's start off. Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man 2002. <laughs> Jack, what do you think about this film? Um, I remember, I remember like, being... I can't remember how old I was. What time did it come out? 2002. So 2002. Was, yeah. Nine. <laughs> I was nine, and that's when they introduced the uh, the 12A rating, so I could go watch it. I remember losing my absolute fucking mind. I reckon I've seen that film probably like 30 times. Absolutely. Did you know a lot about film ratings when you were nine? I remember... Was that something you clued into? (laughs) It's a 12A! No, I remember... It was a big thing. It was a big thing because you couldn't like because fucking the people it was aimed at couldn't go fucking watch it. That was the film Um, that they made the 12A for, wasn't it? Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Yeah. Jack went to the infamous It's because you've got superheroes uh, with, a, with a horror film director. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah. Combo. It did shit me up as well. When he becomes the Green Goblin, I think I almost cried. Uh, little fun fact, I ran out... Just of the in a steam room, room I ran out of the cinema when uh, the Spider-Man bit Peter Parker. Even though I knew it was coming, <laughs> I was deathly scared of spiders as a kid, and that happened, I was like, nah, I'm out. I left you know that was, do you know watch. that was a, a real spider that they painted? Yeah, yeah I, did, I did hear can't, that was practical. Can't oh. do that anymore. Like that, um, that catch he does in like the school cafeteria is practical as well, isn't it? Was that 120 times you had to do that? Yeah. He did a, yeah, which is... I, I mean, it's an way. I am um, every time Norman spoke to himself in the mirror. Um, I had to, I had to get my mum to come in the room and just stay there while that was happening. <laughs> and then it would, when it ended, I was like, okay, I'm fine. That <laughs> was when he watched it last week. Yeah. <laughs> I always wondered, why does his um, like dual personality only sort of manifest in mirrors? 
easier to do. Maybe he's just trying to like brush his teeth and then he just gets like plans of world domination. Yeah. We need to make them <laughs> bigger. Bed. The last now. time I want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, right, Jack. Come on. Um, yeah, I think it's for for like a mainstream superhero movie, I still think nowadays it's still quite dark. <laughs> like the whole like end bit when he gets spoilers pierced by his own fucking glider right in the nuts the being like yeah right in the nuts yeah. right in the by the bum holy i was like even as a kid i was like damn that's what i said in the cinema damn, damn. Oh, no. <laughs> i can't believe they let this be a 12 <laughs> 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 yeah, this should be a 15 sir <laughs> <laughs> When I was a child, I was like, fuck one leg horn. I'll say, I'll say. I'll say, this should be a 15, so. Can I lose Jackson's impression gun? <laughs> yeah, one in, yeah, I can knock it off now. I don't have to do any more. Um, yeah, I, do I have to tell you my ranking now? Or do I tell you after? No, just tell us your thoughts on the film and then, uh, and, yeah, and then your ranking. Where does it land? One to seven. One to, oh, crikey. I don't know why it's a crikey. I wrote it down. I was just going to say, you just watched you do it. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I wrote it down. Um, I put it as I put it as my number two. Number two. Number two. Uh, for Holy reasons shit. which will become very clear later on. Okay. Later on. He's going to say, "Would you like it?" I'm going to be a twelve A. <laughs> All right, I've got to write down Jack's number two, so I can work it out later. Um. Yeah, this movie's uh, this movie's just a, a classic of the genre, isn't it? It it reinvented the uh, the superhero game. Um, I think everyone everyone's really well cast. Um, Toby um, isn't my favorite Spider Man. I think out of the three that we've got now, he is my least favorite, despite being the one I grew up with and idolized. Um, as a tr- yeah, I th- Jack, you said you'd watch this like you know countless times i i'm the same um i was obsessed when i was younger um so it despite it not being the highest on my list it is one of my favorite films of all time and the sequel um we can't not talk about danny elfman's score it's still just fucking brilliant. brilliant it's oh it's incredible um and what are on the rewatch what i loved um, was the the final fight, um, which is you know compared to everything that we have now, relatively very small. Um, it's just two dudes beating the crap out of each other in a dark room, throwing bricks. It's yeah, great. On, on on paper, it's a young man beating up his best friend's dad. <laughs> I love it. We've um, all been there. <laughs> what really doesn't work in this film? Um, it's just the character relationships. I'm always so confused. And I think I was confused when I was younger as well of like, what do these people mean to each other? Because like Peter and Harry are best friends. That's fine. But I was very confused as to why he's only meeting his dad now. And then we're, we're supposed to believe that through, through this film, they develop a father-son type relationship that Norman sort of baits him with at the end and I was like no you you've never you've never shown that type of 
um, love or respect for each other. Norman was almost instantly a villain. Um, so there was is it stated. Is it yeah, stated well, that that's the first time they meet. Yeah, at, at, when I don't Norman know if it, drops, I don't know if it... when Norman drops Harry off at the museum, is uh, you know, this is my father, Norman Osborne, and he goes, "Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I'm something of a scientist myself." All that shit. Oh yeah, I don't know if um, it's is it meant to be read as like distant, distant sort of father constantly working. I don't know, but I, I think if you that's are the relationship that, they try and develop between Norman and Harry in one of the other films. Yeah, but I know There's if you're like going to go that way about it, them. I think then you need to change that relationship between Norman and Peter and make those tweaks in the script because it feels, you know, what we're being shown and what we're being told are very two very different things, and also with Mary Jane as well. I, it's very confusing. It, does she even know who he is at the beginning of this film? And then we're told later on that, you know, well, we see they grew up next to each other and they've got memories from when they were children. But I was like, that didn't seem like that was the case a few scenes ago. It looks like you were complete strangers. Um, so, yeah, um, those are really my problems, just script-based, really. But I, I'm, I love this film. I love the style. I love the horror influences from Sam Raimi, obviously. Um, this is number five on my list. Um, who's next? Was it? Did I say Calvin? Calvin yeah. 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 What have your screens in? Uh, yeah, I've got this is, I've got Spider Man 1 is number three on my list. Okay. And obviously, like, definitely, also sort of nostalgic towards Toby as Spider Man because I grew up with him. But I think the more you look, I think for me, like, grown up now, I think Toby Maguire plays, plays the most complicated sort of dark version of spider-man out of any of the live action ones which i think is sort of attributed to sam marimi's style and sort of horror background especially the ways he sort of <clears throat> handles like uncle ben's death or murder mm. in this story like he goes out for revenge and essentially i'm gonna say he kills that guy <laughs> like he 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 makes him fall out of the window by moving towards him you know yeah. Uh, but I also love how even by the third film, usually the hero gets over this in one film. And I'm just going to say a little bit about the third film before we get to it. But I love that he actually like is still out for blood by the third film. And I think that's such an interesting sort of way to go about character, especially a superhero, because usually after the one film, they sort of get over that death and like they get this greater responsibility and like sort of come to terms with it. And then, they've usually, that's why they're so sympathetic towards criminals because they've sort of got over that aspect of their life. But I think it's so interesting that he has this like darkness in him all throughout his trilogy. Like mm. he's like willing to essentially kill someone, which I think is insane for, for Spider-Man. If you think about like what Spider-Man represents and then for him to have in, in his entire arc to revert to the person he was at the start. I don't know, I just found that really interesting to like have the character sort of get over something and then revert straight back to where they ended up before getting over it again. Mm. I just like that, that it seems like it, the loss of that seems like more of a sort of burden on him for longer. Yeah, I like how I, that I've affects... always found interesting. Yeah, I like how it affects his relationship with Aunt May as well, that whole situation of, you know, when he, when he tells her in the second film, that he could have stopped the guy and she takes that as you know my husband would still be here if you'd have acted 
Um, and then in the third film as well, where he says he, you know, Sam Spider-Man killed Flint Marco and he expects her to be, you know, overjoyed. Uh, her husband has been avenged, but she's like, no, that's not what that's not what heroes do. And I, I, I like I like that in relation to. Yeah, because she's that's she is like showing that that is the sensibility that Spider-Man <laughs> should have. Like, oh, no, I'm not going to kill him. Mm, this yeah. is not what I would do in this position, but I just love that he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill this guy. And I think the way sort of Tobey Maguire acts in these situations, like he genuinely is quite scary. Like mm. when, oh, I'm going into the third film, but I'll save that. All but right. um, yeah, I just think Sam Raimi's sort of style and direction of this film is it, it, great. Obviously the first film doesn't hold up that well in terms of like effects and certain it does. places oh yeah, yeah. especially like the, like the green goblin's first attack like this feels a bit like the cgi is quite bad oh the uh the macy's day on parade the fair. yeah yeah um oh no one of my favorite extras of all time is in that scene <laughs> when she runs in and goes it's spider-man no nah, the best extra, <laughs> the best extra is in the third spider-man film with which Where they're at the, the sweeper. Like the no, and you know, um, it's when he meets Gwen Stacy as Spider Man. Oh, and he does the upside down kiss. And um, yeah. they go, Look, it's Spider Man. And there's this woman sat in a chair and she looks and she goes, oh, And she's like, <laughs> Like she didn't like, know. So overacting. I'm like, gonna you be there. Is this hook that is the sweeper? Is the sweeper guy in Spider Man 3 as well? Is that, is that Spider-Man 3? The guy's sweeping and he's not hitting the floor? Is that that's, something else? That's, that's, James, that's James Bond. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love how like arrogant Tobey Maguire's sort of Spider-Man comes off sometimes as well. Like, I believe he's this nerdy guy, but not like the quippy sort of Spider-Man you get. Like, he, I genuinely find him arrogant, even though he's still lovable. Like, he's not like... He's meant to be charming, like Andrew Garfield's sort of Spider-Man take. Like it, when, it, like I just, I just always find he feels that the, the sort of like fame. I, I love in this trilogy the sort of fame starts to sort of corrupt who he is at his core. Oh yeah, and you definitely see that. Like we'll talk about it later, but you definitely see that um, evolve into the third film uh, with his character. In in Before terms of how it's, mm, well, no, that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. <laughs> oh. Anything more on Spider-Man before we go to Reese? No. No, so that was your number three. Reese. Um, yeah, I got a lot of the same reasons as Carvin, really. I like the kind of like darker theme of it. And I think that's got a lot to do with like Sam Raimi. I mean, I, I know you said you have a lot of issues with the script. Some of my issues came with some of the acting. Because there are a few scenes in it. There's one, the scene where him and Mary Jane are just talking out the back yeah. of the house. That entire scene was like laughable to watch back. Because like some of the things they say and how they say it, I'm like, oh my god. No, I'm I'm with you. You know what I mean? It's probably a conscious a conscious choice though, because if you look at Sam Raimi's filmography. The dialogue is always super cheesy because he's essentially like he came from a yeah, cult film. I get there's like a dialogue. I like that. I like how it's you know cheesy. it's cheesy and earnest. And there's a yeah. difference between being cheesy and bad acting, which I think sometimes <laughs> there was in this. But that's not enough for me to be like, oh, this film is terrible because yeah, nostalgia kind of 
like I watched it again recently and I still really enjoy the film and that whole I love that whole bit where he's just like in that wrestling ring homophobic Spider-Man oh man that, yeah. didn't, that didn't age well it didn't age well but you know, you know you got right you got Macho Man Randy Savage I'll watch it also anyway. what type of wrestling um what type of wrestling is this? But he was—he was looking to kill. It's a deathmatch <laughs> wrestling, isn't it? It's, a, it's like a real That's thing. Ridiculous underground wrestling. Yeah, they call it deathmatch wrestling. I got Fuck you for me. three minutes. Three minutes of playing. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Owen Soma girl, I love him. Uh, yeah, but not like. I think. Yeah, I don't think Peter. I don't think. Sorry, Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man, but I think he may be the best Peter Parker. He's definitely that 1960s I, era. I can believe here. that, like, when you look at Andrew Garfield, you look at him, you're like, there's no way you're a nerd. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. I don't think <clears> they're going for like, nerd with Andrew Garfield. They're not going for nerd like they are with this Peter. Yeah, but he's supposed to be. Spider-Man is supposed to be. Get out of his ass, mate. No, uh, no. I'm going to get so <laughs> far up Andrew Garfield's ass in this, <laughs> this podcast. And I, and I can believe that, and I can believe... Tick, tick, boom. Why tick, the, tick, boom. Why he gets so arrogant over having this little taste of fame because he's never had that before. Mm. Like, this Spider Man's a lot more real than any of the other ones that we've had, and okay. I, I like that about it. And it is also third on my list. Third on your list, lovely, right? Spider Man Two, Jack. That's Take us name. away, masterpiece. No. Um... <clears throat> So this is, for me, quite obviously, this is my number one. Okay. My number one pick. Um, I just think that when you look at, like, Dark Ark as a villain on paper, it sounds fucking stupid. And they make it, I think they do such a sick job of, they make him so menacing. And, like, the, the fact that the uh, arms, legs... Tentacles. Tentacles. Not like legs. <laughs> well, he uses them as legs, doesn't he? They act as legs sometimes. Uh, yeah. Octopus yeah, legs. Yeah, he's always his arms. Dr. Octopus, Jack. <laughs> um, he's only got sets, really, in total, though, isn't he? Six arms. Yeah, so he's so. not even really an octopus. Heck. Hexa- Hectopus. I think we're just encompassing all, all limbs. Hector Hectopus. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> a guy named right. Hector Hectopus ends up with six limbs. What are the odds? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think they do such a good job of like incorporating it in the story. Like, what they're essentially like taking over him, aren't they? Because they have that inhibitor chip, which is fries. Yes, yeah, so whenever the, first, the lights like, are red, the arms are in control. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love like his steady decline. It almost feels like he's embracing the tent. It feels so weird saying tentacles all the time. That he's embracing the tentacles. Appendages. There are, I think yeah. there are, arms. Set, there arms. Called arms. It's called they? arms, yeah, yeah. Arms. Fucking hell. That, I wanna... <laughs> After all that. <laughs> I think they're arms. <laughs> um, I also like in this one how Tom, I think Tom McGuire does a great job of like showing his struggle, like weighing up being Spider-Man mm. to being a normal person. And I, I actually really, I think one of my favorite bits is in the bit in the film when he's like, stop, he stops being Spider-Man for a bit. 
And then is it the fire? Is it like a burning building which he just springs back in? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like the whole lesson is like, you know, if I was using my powers, I would have been able to save more people. Yeah. In that. If I, you know, if I could just get over whatever yeah. fucking shit I'm going through, I could have saved everyone in that building. My I should have said this about the other one as well. My issue with these films now, I didn't care when I was younger. Mm. Um, and I think in comparison to the Tom Holland ones, um, it feels like, it very much feels like I'm watching a 30-year-old man. Yes. As opposed to like a, yeah, that's a fair, teenager. Yeah. yeah. Like, because Tom Holland is so, I'll speak about that more later, but like he's so young looking and obviously he's playing, I know he's playing a younger version. But now watching Toby and uh, to some extent Andrew, I feel like they it is. Uh, I'm like, oh, you look too old to be doing this. Even though I don't know how was old Andrew he the was. oldest Spider Man. I think he was. I think he was. He? Yeah. Toby was younger when he was Spider Man. Then I think I Andrew think, was already I, like thirty. I think um, Andrew might have been only twenty six. Really? Yeah. He's like, how old I'm is he now? Pretending, he's like, he's older than he looks, doesn't know. <laughs> now I might. Uh, I might have got it wrong. Let's have a look. I thought he was like 37. Is that right? He's 38 now. And when did that yeah, come that's... 2012. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, well, oh. Yeah. 20, 27, 28. Well, the, th- the second one, he was 30. Yeah. Um, Are you done, Jack? Spider-Man 2? Um, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I just like it as well. I think they do a good, a good job of circling back at the end to show that he's like when he essentially beats the arms slash tentacles slash appendages at the end, and mm. he like snaps back into reality. But then that makes me like, then that gives me so many questions for this new one. I think he's going to get sucked out at a moment when he would, before when he's, Peter um, turned him back. When he's a bastard. Because yeah, he when looks like he realizes in this trailer, like he's going to like catch on and be like, shit, what the fuck is all this about? Yeah, definitely. Where's where's my fucking wife? <laughs> hey, where's my wife? Oh, if I bounce into that, in, what a, in Spider-Man Two, that's one of the best deaths ever. I love the way that scene is shot with the glass oh, goes into yeah. her eye. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. It really went. It really goes through me still. Like it's, it's yeah, so it's fucking horrible way to die. What, I, just then, why why is that big experiment just being held there? It seems like they yeah, should. And why are they all stood so close? <laughs> Yeah, there's no safeguards. Because no, that would never happen. Blame, I always blame Oscorp for funding yeah, this shit. Oscorp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, another thing, quick thing, um, in relation to how old Tobey Maguire looks, uh, it is not helped by the fact that his aunt is fucking ancient. <laughs> you know, at the his birthday party when she's so asleep. Old. Yeah. When she, I every time I watch it, I'm like, she's dead. She's just <laughs> too much. It's like, is it is it in the first one when like the does the goblin like blow up her house or something and she's just yeah, screaming? Finish it! Yeah. <laughs> she's for us. Oh yeah, she is old as fuck, man. Yeah, but like, like she's supposed <laughs> she's supposed to be though. Like no, she's, because your aunt she's like the, because she's like the sweetest aunt. woman ever though. She's <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you're eighteen, your aunt is an aunt isn't fucking ninety years old. She's she's old in the comics though. She's like sixty, isn't she? In the in the first, well, she films. looks. Well, she looks older. But the actress, yeah. she looks way older. It looks like well, she didn't age throughout any of the movies. Just because they're so used just, to new arms. If that's if that's the case, if that's the case, the Marissa Tomei was only six years younger. 
<laughs> Look at the stark difference. Jesus Christ. Yeah, just different person, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no. She's <laughs> yeah, no Rosemary Harris slander. <laughs> she's 90. She uh, old as fuck. <laughs> I think she's still Deliver kicking. Us. Deliver no us. Yeah. Well, she's Cliff the oldest. Well, then she's the oldest woman. Cliff Roberts she's, has died. But she's going to be in the new Spider Man film. She's going to turn up. She's going to be Spider-May. She's going to twat Doc Ock with her purse again. Or whatever it is. Throw Rosemary Harris. She's going to have like dementia. All she says is, deliver us! She's got that incredible upper body strength when she gets kidnapped by Doc Ock to hang on to that statue. When she smacks him with that purse. Incredible. For an old woman. She's a badass. She's a badass. Not the hottest anime, but maybe the most badass. And in no way home, she's still asking for money because she couldn't get that loan. She's, please. <laughs> Don't leave me, Peter. <laughs> Jeff went out from community. Don't leave me. Please, Jeff. Yeah, before he had hair plugs. <laughs> Jeff? Who's Jeff? He, Jeff, Jeff from, community. from community. John McHale okay. is like the bank Right, it's the guy who refused him. I thought you were like proclaiming Jeff Bezos. Please, Jeff. <laughs> She's just begging Jeff Bezos for 250 grand to see her out. He has a car. He has a, a car. <laughs> just a small loan. We still get the toaster. <laughs> right. Jack's Maybe she shouldn't spend all that money on roids because that's obviously what she's doing to hold herself up on that fucking building. Exactly. Aunt May, sort your priorities out. You're going to lose your, lose your house. Lose your right. damn house for the games. <laughs> um... There's a lot of similarities here between this film and the first one. Like, you know, Sam Raimi's just done the, um, the villain uh, in a monologue, sort of, you know, being conflicted between these two different sides of himself again. Um, it's, not, it's not the last time we see it in any of these movies either. Um, but I think it is... So it's Spider-Man again, but better. Sam Raimi took what he learned on that first film and he's come back and he's like, I'm going to make one of the greatest sequels ever made. Um, I love this movie so much. I This might be the film I've watched the most in my life. Um, I was obsessed when I was a child. Um, Doc Ock is a great villain. I think the best out of the, you know, all three Sam Raimi movies. I I prefer Green Goblin as a character, but I think there's so much more depth brought to Doc Ock in this film. Uh, just aesthetic improvements. The cinematography is better. The costumes are better. Um, yeah, the overall look of the film is just great. MJ still just a poorly written character for me. Um, well, all of all of the love interests in these Spider-Man films are poorly written. I, apart from, do not agree. They're all just sort of there. What in any of the Spider-Man movies? Right, we'll get to that. Well, maybe I, I, maybe Zendaya is fine, but definitely not Emma Stone. And we'll get onto that, which is I imagine what you disagree with. Yes. Um, Oh, James Franco in this film is terrible. He's not good. He's very annoying character, and just his performance irks me. I think he just he, can't play bad, can he? he I think he, like I think he gets bad. better in three, but here I don't know what he was doing. Um, also, the, you know, I know this is a superhero film, but I think you've got to suspend uh, a bit more disbelief because I always remember, you know, Doc Ock is not like a super enhanced person, but he's taking these Spider-Man punches like a fucking champ. Like, Spider-Man could, you know, knock him out in one, but we're just meant to believe that, no, he's just throwing this old man around and uh, and everything's fine. Dials, man. <laughs> also, why does... Um, 
Otto is not aware that Peter is Spider-Man at the point in the film where he throws a fucking car at him <laughs> in exchange for information. Like, no, you, if he wasn't Spider-Man, you would have just killed that, killed that boy. Um, this on my list is number three. Number three. Calvin, what about you? Uh, yeah, it's probably not a shock that I've got this as my number one as well. Uh, I just think, like you said, this one ups the sort of ante from the first one. I think it fixes a lot of the sort of relationship issues you had with the first one. Uh, and I think it's mostly about uh, sort of like the, I don't, I don't mind the sort of like Peter conflicted with his relationship with MJ, but I always think this is more about like Peter's relationship with Doc Ock. I think partly because Alfred Molina actually plays Doc Ock is you believe he's human, which I don't think you really feel with Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I, I won't be surprised if the Green Goblin is the overarching villain of uh, no, uh, whatever it's called, No Way Home. I just he think is. he can be a lot more like maniacal and just generally evil. I think Doc Ock is more of a sympathetic character. Yeah, like Doc Ock, you know, he's got that humanity too. I mean, I think Norman's, uh, you know, he's not he's not going back now. He's on his path and he's he's going down it. Yeah, it's crazy. The CGI in this film is like, it's like, seems like 10 years apart from the first film. More money. And they're only two years apart. Yeah, yeah they just they like, that, haven't they given that, him anything. They had yeah. that sequel money, didn't they? Mm. But yeah, I, I would say this is, like you said, one of the best sequels ever made and... Apart from Into the Spider-Verse, it's probably my favourite Spider-Man film. I do think, weirdly, every time I rewatch it, I feel like there's a little, there's a bit of room to make it a tiny bit longer. But there's a few things I thought would really sort of flesh it out. Maybe I just wanted to see more Doc Ock. And I just mm. wanted to see more of that story. But every time I watch it, I was like, eh. I kind of wish there was like 15, 20 mil minutes. Release the Raimi kit. Just a sort of like, I feel like some situations in the film uh, resolved very quickly. And we we don't get to sit with them for very long because of mm -hmm. obviously like time constraints. Maybe I'm just used to now that every bloody film comes out is at least two hour forty. I was going to say if it, came out, if it came out this year, it definitely <laughs> yeah. would be. Wouldn't I wouldn't it? watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to watch Spider. You're going to watch No Way Home in two trips. I'm probably going to watch it twice as well. I think I'm going with my brother when I go home as well. So I hope it's good. <laughs> Reese, where does Spider-Man 2 fall on It's your list? number one on mine as well. It's, like you said, it's one of the best sequels ever made. It, like I, like I watched it again the other day. Dr. Octopus, I think, is one of my favourite villains of all time. Mm. Um, you know, he's just such a good, like, I think, well-written, sympathetic villain. Um, there's so many bits I, like, yeah, I enjoy the exploration of like, the character a bit and kind of starting to look at it's like not downfall but you know that kind of spiral that he goes into and it gave me two of my favorite uh b characters or c characters whatever they have all time yeah. old uh ursula and uh the rent man oh give, give me the rent give me rent what, i think what it sounds like i think peter parker should have ended up with Ursula. that's just my take it. on these rent because him and mary jane him and Mary Jane were not right for each other in these films. I think he should, I have, agree. Ended with, he should have ended up with Ursula. It promises were crackers, and I thought it would be fat. It gave us 
one of the best video games adaptions of all time. So I'm two one of the best video games. Absolutely agree. And one of the best fil- uh, songs in a superhero film. Vindicated by he- no hero oh. by Chad by uh, Sly and Chad Kruger. That's from the That's first it. movie. Is it the first film? Yeah, this one has Vindicated by a Dashboard Confessional, which is also, also great. Yeah. yeah. There's some good music in these Spider-Man films. I agree. Right, let's move on to Spider-Man 3, Jack. Oh, I'm lying. This is the film I remember least about. Um, I remember all the memes mm. came out of this terrible film. Big on this. I think it's terrible by Spider-Man standards, anyway. Um, I just don't really think... I think the, tr- the trouble in this film is mainly the villains. They they butchered Venom. Yeah. I don't know who looked at... Like, I don't mind him in other stuff, but I don't know who looked at Topher Grace and was like, you, you're Venom. I actually don't mind Topher Grace as Eddie, sort of like that an- antithesis to Peter. Like, I am... I don't think like a, the Tom Hardy Venom would work in this story, but what they actually no, do with no, Venom... The, the Tom Hardy is... Venom doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> um, and I don't find the Sandman that compelling villain. I feel like they try uh, and do another like sympathetic villain in this one, but they big don't... disagree. Yeah. But they don't give him enough time. Yeah. For me to feel sorry for him, like I know you're supposed to. I know it's like not his fault and stuff, but like I like what's the because in the in in the opening Thomas scene, Hayden Church in the opening scenes of like Thomas Hayden Church's opening scenes in this film, I thought they did a great great job at quickly establishing what sort of character he is. Yeah, like him breaking into his as sort of youth at the beginning. You think he's just a criminal breaking into someone's flat. But then it turns out it's actually his ex-wife's flat and he's actually there to see his sick daughter. Mm. I thought already that was like establishing a connection with a villain. Like, because you see he's a villain because he breaks in somewhere. Like, he's obviously not. He's obviously some sort of criminal. Like, why would someone do that? But then you see him as like a fatherly figure. But they do that in like two minutes, which is just a great way to just like quickly be like, this is what this is who he is. Book ended by... It, oh, I, I watched it the other night and I was baffled by how quickly they move from villain to villain to villain because they they set up Harry as new goblin and then it's straight to um, Sandman and then after the, the next scene is just Venom when the black symbiote comes down I was like this is awful like it's it's too much we yeah, like, think, a, like a weird little meteor just crashes for like absolutely no reason. Awful. I, I was, I'm assuming that's what meteors do, but like I'm not assuming yeah, there's a lot like, of reasons. Maybe have maybe have Spider Man. I don't know. I don't know. Going... I don't know enough about meteors to steer <laughs> it. But... <laughs> maybe have Spider Man go and investigate. You know that meteor that just crashed right next to them. Well, the fuck what is, they should have done? What the fuck is he going to do they about have not, They should have just not had. He's like, a superhero. Go and look. Oh my god! There's big, there's this mystical alien goo coming out. Oh, of oh my god! There's a bloody meteor. I wish I could, there were other superheroes. Yeah, but if we learn anything about Spider-Man, it's that he exclusively fights older men. He's not going to go and uh, go he's and fight an alien. Fight younger people, is he? He's supposed to be like sixteen. Yeah, he's not going to. It's almost impossible. He fights like old men. Like he's not going to go this fight aliens. Very... That's out of, his, be... out of his league. A very different podcast. If we were like, you know, Spider-Man only fights young women. <laughs> of course they're all older men I, I, if I'm, really, I'm really interested 
<laughs> on a rewatch of Spider-Man 3, I actually think there's a I actually think there's a semblance of what could have been another another good film there. And I think all the studio interference because you can tell the studio interference, you can tell the Venom stuff is just sort of tacked on in a weird yeah. way, like it's sort of edited in really strangely, and it just sort of comes in the last like 10, 15 minutes just mm. to sort of add that extra bit of time because it yeah. was a lot, the third film and it needs to all culminate and it needs to be longer and bigger. That last um, fight Yeah, I still think terrible. all the first third of the film, I didn't mind the Green Goblin Junior stuff. You can just have that on the side because that sort of works with Piers and Harry's relationship, I guess. You've got to finish that but arc, all this, haven't you? Yeah, all the stuff with the Sandman, I actually really like. I think Thomas Hayden Church is great. Uh, he barely talks in the film, but most of his acting is done with his eyes, which I think is like Thomas Hayden Church is a good actor. Anyway. He's not in enough. George of the Jungle. Um, yeah, I sort of yeah, know yeah great in that as well. Great. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think like when I rewatched it recently, I was like, God, like I'm, I'm actually like into this for for the first third, and then it got to the certain bits, and I was like, Oh, okay. It gets, it gets to like it gets the goth Peter Parker, the man, and then you just switch off. It's to, it's to, yeah, which is which attribute to sort of like similar stuff for some reason. It's it, um, the, the turning point is when he looks in the mirror and puts his hair down into it. Establishing that early awful. Sandman scene with his daughter, and then him getting stuck in the 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 spinny sand thing, and then he he can't pick up the picture of his daughter. Incredible, I thought was great. Like mm. that is really good sort of ca- like villain character writing because. For me personally, I love villains when they're not just evil, when you can sort of, there's their own character and you can sort of get behind them. Yeah. And it, most of his like motivations are honest. Like he's just mm. robbing banks. Just leave him alone, Spider Man. He's not hurting anyone. He's just drowning people in sand, but they'll be all right. <laughs> when he goes away, he's going to take the sand with him. Yeah. So just, you know, he's realistic. He's just he's drowning funny. people in him. Give a guy a break. They're, dr- they're drowning. They're just angry the because his hands couldn't get that bloody loan. Why don't you steal some money, Spider-Man? Then your aunt could have saved their house. Yeah. <laughs> your aunt could have saved the house she's going to live there for another hundred fucking years. She doesn't save her house. She moves into an apartment, doesn't she? Yeah, because she's a stupid old yeah. bitch. Stupid old man, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Yeah, so yeah, I, no, I'm. It's now. If, if I had said that, you'd have been all over me. <laughs> Jack, said it. Jack said it. It's really it, funny. It's Jack's first <laughs> offense. I actually, I actually come from the side of um, defending like the first sort of hour of Spider-Man Three. I just think there must have been some real studio interference for all, for it to go so off the rails, and it feels oh, yeah, that was, way. Yeah. It feels like it's just chucked in sort of half-heartedly because he, he, wasn't, he wasn't really into it. Yeah, and I, I definitely so think... Sandman honestly, wasn't a big enough villain, apparently. Well, yeah. He, he went massive at the end. That's big enough, you. <laughs> Not big enough? Um, yeah, so Sandman. Probably the studio are probably like, bigger. Bigger? Yeah. Bigger. More sand. <laughs> because we should have done this on the beach. sand. <laughs> oh, um, sand yeah. isn't wet. Sandman is the, the one thing about this film that I think works just through and through. Um, that, that, his origin scene, despite, you know, why wouldn't they have a camera or something in the, you know, in case someone did fall in and they wouldn't just mistake him for a bird. That was really stupid. But his actual origin scene where he's, he's trying to have like... Scandal ruin the camera. Exactly. Uh, where he's trying to like form himself back is just beautiful. I, it's insane how good that scene is. 
Um, what else? I like that, you know, this the end of this film isn't sort of like as the last two ended in a sort of like celebration of Spider-Man and, you know, swinging through the city. And it's like, it, it's a very somber ending to this trilogy, um, which I actually think works. Um, my biggest flaw with this film is not the amount of villains, surprisingly. It's the character of Peter. He's so unlikable in this film, even before he gets the black suit. Before he was full Bully Maguire. Oh my, it's awful. And I'm like, yeah, MJ, go and kiss Harry. Like, because your boyfriend's you go, an girl. asshole. Yeah, you go, girl. You can get some. I think... I don't know if that's a complaint on me, though. I find, I find that interesting. Like I mentioned earlier, I love that he becomes full circle and he gets so arrogant. And he's like, when he's like over the crowd and he's like, they love me. I'm like, you're such a prick. Man. But like, I don't know. If, I think sometimes like good characters aren't just like, like I think especially in mainstream stuff, it's more about like, are they good? It's more about, do I like them? Like I and said. that makes them good. But I, I enjoy when heroes are sort of stripped down from their pedestals and sort of, you sort of get that sort of like Jesus, they, like he's not being a, a great person here. And only I think through that's, like the there's rest the of opportunity. The film, there's the opportunity to do I don't that. Know. When I, he gets I don't the suit. I just don't I, I don't like it when it's too clean and just like so I, I feel know, like, I like we need someone to... who sort of loses the yeah, but loses like I said himself. earlier I we need to want I him can... to come back from that darkness. But I I didn't, he does I didn't come care. back again. Yeah no yeah but we we should want him to and yeah. he was but so unlikable before he got the suit that I just didn't care. I think it's very realistic that that would happen because he is a guy who's never been popular. He's never had many friends. Now suddenly, everyone yeah. thinks he's great. It's gonna get. It's very real that he would turn into this like, bit, like a bit of a dickhead because he's not used to all the attention. Hmm. So I think it's a very real portrayal of how someone would act if all yeah, the nights. That's why I think almost, he's the most. You know. That's why I think Tobey Maguire is the most. He plays the most complicated human version of Spider-Man, in my opinion. Like. Like we look up to Spider-Man as a character because of his sensibilities, and they sort of strip all that away. He's still good at his core, but he starts to do things that are bad, which I think is just human. Hmm. Um, I guess we've sort of just changed up the format of what we're doing now. Um, so, can I get all your numbers of where Spider-Man Three is on your list? It's my number seven. My six. Your six, Jack. Seven. Seven and Calvin. I got his five. Number Ooh. five. How interesting. interesting. Don't know right. That. Right. Oh, that... I, bloody, oh. I tried to watch these, whatever we're moving on to next. And I tried, I wanted a bit of discourse. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into these with a level head. I'm going to try and pick out things that I like. So minimal, the things that I like. <laughs> if I try and go in, if I try and go into something liking it, and then come out hating it even more. I'm like, well, they've done an awful job here. Yeah, that's I what, know. That's I what I nothing, against, nothing against Andrew Garfield, James, just to clarify, just so before you, uh, you cry. explode. Hey, it's not just but Andrew Garfield I love about these it movies. It is. It is. Not. It is bad filmmaking. I, but if you like I them, disagree. Sort of. I disagree. Um, yeah, so right, the amazing... you, kick, you kick us off on the main Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man. Might as well lump these released. two together. Go on, let's do it. Let's wrap this wrap this up quick. <laughs> no, because uh, I've actually got so much, so much to say about these. Yeah, movies. me too. Uh, directed by Mark Webb. How do you not hire well, a guy is. called Mark Webb? Um, <laughs> well, they shouldn't have. Fantastic. <laughs> I, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I like 
what I like about these films is how radically different they are from the trilogy we just had. Um, I like the from tone. Good to bad. Difference <laughs> doesn't fucking... mean good. <laughs> Let Lens me finish. <laughs> Um, it's like J.J. Abrams. They got hired J.J. Abrams to consult. So there's, there's not enough lens flare. It is the same cinematographer <laughs> as Star Trek on number two. So oh, there we can go. There we go. I'm blind by the end time I watch these. <laughs> um, Andrew Garfield, I think, is fantastic. He is my favourite Spider-Man. He's my favourite Peter Parker. I think when I think of Spider-Man, that is who I think of now. Um, I don't... I like how, the, you know, he's not, he's not a nerd... I think he's an he's an outcast by choice, and I thought that was a different a different way to look at Peter, um, and I really enjoy that. He's a dickhead, then. That's what I say. So he's a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I think Tobey Maguire is much more of a dickhead than Andrew Garfield. Spider Man is a dickhead. <laughs> I, I empathise. Um, what makes this um, film work for me? For me. Um, is the relationships. I think they're much more uh, well-established and well-rounded than they were in the last trilogy. Um, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, they're, you know, obviously they were going out at the time, but their chemistry is just insane. I think what about Diego? Is... Oh, Dennis Leary. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I've, only, I've only ever seen him in Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I... I think the relationship that Peter has with his aunt and uncle uh, is much better here. And I know people laugh at the way they sort of, um, you know, uh, requote with great power comes great responsibility. Um, but I think the way it actually comes across makes more sense with what they're actually saying. If he came out and just said with great power comes great responsibility, it'd be like, that seems a bit dramatic. And oh, I love the score. James Horner's score is great. Always sucker for a Spider-Man score. Um, Mark Webb's indie romance roots are so... Um, they're really on display here. And, you know, when it's just the scenes between Peter and Gwen, I think those are really the highlight. And they capture that awkwardness of a high school. Even these are fully grown adults we're watching on screen, pretending to be kids. I think they do a really good job of capturing that um, teen romance the lizard is not the best villain. I think he's fine. I think he's, you know, his motivations are there. I think there's enough development. Really? Yeah. He wants his arm back. bit of Welsh representation. Crucifans. Yeah, and they, and they do him dirty. Typical. I, by the end of the film, it is less clear. You know, he's... Well, it's... it's he turns a few well, people into lizards and then... Well, no, so he goes from... I have to interrupt you. He goes from, I want my arm back. To accidentally turning himself into a lizard to that was great. I'm gonna make everyone lizards. make everyone lizards. That's not a motivation. <laughs> Maybe it really That's was good. Uh, and then obviously, this whole this film was marketed as you know, The Amazing Spider Man, the untold story, and that sort of gets stripped out of the film. There are you know, sort of hints to it at the beginning of his parents. Um, oh, don't die, you know. <laughs> <laughs> working at Oscorp and stuff yeah and it just gets dropped and you know there are scenes in the trailer and stuff that don't appear in the film where it seems they dive deeper into that um, but I think this I think this really works about... oh, God. I love this movie I've watched it three times this week <laughs> that's pathetic <laughs> fuck up mate I think I think the thing with this movie, these, these two films I just I just 
I can't get past how distracting it is when they look. Granted, the second one, the suit looks a lot better. The best suit. Still, no, they're still so, like, everything about these films is so digital, which sort of plays into <laughs> when the film was released. It was a big, you know, everything was switching to sort of more digital cameras and so on. But all the lens flare and the, I just think they look so ugly. But well, and that's now become like the aesthetic of them that I think that's people, what people trying to sort of defend them with that, oh, that's just that this is the luck of them. When I just feel they look like real, they look, it just seems horrible to look at. Everything so, seems so digitized and sort of glossed over. Not in like the MCU films can be attributes to that, but they don't have the sort of like, everything doesn't look like the colors don't look like pop too much and everything doesn't I look think like what like you're all saying the, definitely all the, goes to the second, the second film yeah in the second one it looks like the people the the sort of human sort of background characters extras look like they're against a really digital sort of cgi background mm. especially in the slow motion scenes I'm like, oh this looks bad yeah. like it just it just looks bad um I will say I after rewatching these two, the thing that I did like is I do think Andrew Garfield is a great Spider-Man. I don't like him as Peter Parker. I don't think it works. Have him in quippy as both. I like it when Spider-Man's sort of nervous as Peter Parker and sort of quippy as Spider-Man. I think that's what I've always enjoyed. But the problem is because the these two films are so bad. Sorry, I'm just gonna lump them both together because they just have to, because they both suffer with the same problems. Um I think he's a great uh, Spider-Man, but I think, use an example, the opening scene to the second one where uh, he fights Paul Giamatti in his truck, whatever Paul Giamatti's doing in this film, I have no idea, but when he, uh, he, he comes in, swings in, he lands on the truck and he starts quipping, and most of the audience who criticise Sam Raimi's films for not being quippy enough because it's not Spider-Man were probably like cheering uh, that it's more comic book accurate to what Spider-Man would do. But he's sitting on the side of a truck and then the truck then rams through about 100 cars and also causes a police pileup. And I was like, this is so badly edited that it makes Spider-Man look so reckless that he's sitting upside down on a truck, quipping to this man about how he's going to like not get away what he's doing. And he's literally running people down. He's probably people dying all over the place. And I just think... Oh, that opening scene is so clunky and just like I could see what they were doing they're pretty much what they just they focused on they've been like right we've got to make these so different to Sam Raimi's films and we're going to appeal to the small demographic of fans who didn't like Tobey Maguire's betrayal because he wasn't quippy and jokey as Spider-Man but they haven't actually thought about how this how the the scene plays like what if you actually strip it back what it looks like Spider-Man has no regard for any of the people in this city that he's sort of supposed to protect. I saves one person in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the other off-screen deaths. Someone's dying in that pile-up. Have you seen how many All those other on-screen deaths aren't played by Jamie Foxx, all right? Uh, Jack and Reese. But yeah, I do, but I, do, oh, I do like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, but not as Peter Parker. Okay. Uh, um, oh, where does it fall on your list, Calvin? Number one. Number one, uh, six. Six. All right, Jack and Reese, The Amazing Spider-Man 1. Um, uh, I've got it as five. Um, but I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, it should actually be below Spider-Man 3. 
So I'm going to Spider-Man 3. Oh, God. Because I... Like Carmen's talking about now, and I'm remembering stuff. I, I've purposely put off watching these films on my, like, watch-through for the before I go see the new one, because I just can't... I don't want to sit there and watch a two-hour-long advert for Sony's fucking products. All I remember about the films is that in the first one, he's like, oh, I got a text. Let me get my phone out. And that's the main shot in the... Oh, the, the opening got, scene for the second a, one with his parents on the plane. With the bio. They've got, they've got <laughs> a Sony laptop that isn't out at that time the when it's yeah, supposed to be set. <laughs> in the second one, he stood in Times Square and every single billboard says Sony on it. And I'm like, we know it's a Sony film. Like, I just... What is the point? It adds, that is my biggest issue. It's just an advert. And that's all I remember. And I shouldn't remember that about a film. Yeah, I think, like, Andrew Garfield is a good Spider-Man. Peter Parker is not meant to be cool. He's just not. It's not how it works. Is he cool, though? He tries to be cool. He's not, like, he's not, Does like... Does he? But he's doesn't not, have any like, friends. Because yeah, like you said, when he turns out to graduation late, he runs in and they all bloody cheer. Like, he's the bloody yeah. king of the school. Or whatever like, they're like at. you said, yeah, he's, 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 no he's an out, he's education. An <laughs> Here choice. he is, the king of the school. <laughs> now, like you said, he's uncool by choice. Tom Maguire was just uncool, and then yeah, Tom Maguire was lame. And then Tom Holland is like, he's not like as bad as he's not like as much of a nerd as Tom Maguire well, is, but he's awkward and he's like a bit, you know. Well, in the, in the Tom Holland ones as well, they're all nerds, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they're all a bit. This, yeah, nerds, so it works. But this whole thing, like, oh, I'm just an outcast because I want to be. It's like, shut I'm going to spend half a film skateboarding like, on my own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to skateboard. I reject society. Society like rejects you're me. Just, you're just a yeah. prick. I'm going to be so upset when someone smashes my board in half and then instantly get a new one. <laughs> These fucking... The, the thing that you said, James, about their relationships uh, is one of my biggest issues with it. What? So his relationship with Gwen Stacy comes up absolutely fucking nowhere. So... She says she says one she like defends him from Flash in that like scene where he's being like bullied mm. uh, because she's just a nice person, and then his aunt his his uncle dies and she's like, "Do you want to come around my house for fish?" And then he kisses her in her. You're room missing or so many scenes. No, that's, that's that what, that. basically what happens. I, I watched this like two wrong. nights ago. Yeah, and you're yeah, one of my biggest problems. Wrong. One of my biggest problems with this sort of Spider-Man arc, this first film and the second film, is I think they handled Gwen Stacy so poorly. I think she's just there for the sake of being there. I mean, they insert her into action scenes and so on just for the sake of her being there. And she keeps insisting to be in the situation, which is annoying because she's supposed to be super smart. She's like the valedictorian of her... School, school, even though he's the king of the school, we all know that, but she's like the <laughs> smartest person in school. <laughs> she's going to she's she's going to Oxford and so on. And she's she works at Oscorp, this like huge you know, yeah. international corporation thing. And then and then she, she just makes the most stupid decisions. Yeah, and then she's an idiot. They, their relationship is oh, her whole role in the film is to sort of be like, oh, they're they're on and off again all the time. And I was like, okay. And then she just makes stupid decisions, which inevitably lead to her death. And I'm like, yes, you he's, would die in that situation. He, of course, if you go to fights with superhuman beings, when you're supposed to be smart and you're just human, you'll go. There is a high chance of you dying. And yeah, 
oh, why does she know stuff about electrical grids? <laughs> She's smart. She works at Oscorp. She's an advisor yeah, to King so of the Now school. you know about, you worked with like genetics, so now you know about. Yeah. I know, I, I, know, I love how Oscorp in the first film is like this pharmaceutical company. And then in the second film, they just make villains. It's yeah. just a villain factory. I love that. Yeah. It's, I just, uh, and then what annoys me is, I know it's like the point, but it annoys me so much that at the end of the first film, he makes this like solemn vow to make sure that she doesn't get hurt and like he doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't involve her in all his Spider-Man stuff. And then he instantly starts involving her in all her Spider-Man stuff. And I was like, he's a dickhead because he's any, any fucking idiot can see it coming. He's taking one for he's himself, man. He's, ta- you know, he's, he's taking a risk. Well, yeah, a risk that doesn't pay off. But, but, he's, play, yeah, yeah. but he's playing with someone's life. But James, someone he supposedly loves. With great he's power comes great responsibility. That's why she died, because no one said that to yeah. him. That fucking that's, not, that's not what Martin Sheen said. He said... Yes, if, and that's <laughs> why she died. That's why she died, because someone should have said that to him. Fuck, he fuck doesn't Marcos get Estevez. it. If you have the ability to do good things for people, then it is your responsibility to do those things. And then wow. get her What killed. a great line. So good job. I think, so, I, think I got it wrong. So why did, why did it change responsibility? Because, because if, he, really if he just wrong. came out and said, and also, great power comes great responsibility, and, and also stupid. Also, um, the lizard is dumb. Um, Got a big dumb in one, face. In the, in the second one at graduation, he's really weird with his aunt, and it makes me super uncomfortable. He's like really touchy with her, and I don't like it. You're, one you're so wrong. He touches like her lower will, back I, and her stomach. I will. It makes me. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Scene. Yes, he does. No, he yes, does. does. The best scene. He does. The best scene in these films, in these two films, is quite yes. a small scene in the second one, which I think really encapsulates Spider-Man, where he sort of is in the alleyway with that little boy and he stops him getting bullied and they walk off together. Maybe my favourite scene in any of these films. Yeah, I was like, that is, that's Spider-Man. That is Spider-Man. That is a great scene. But, and then they ruin it with him coming at the end and standing up to Ryan and a mask on. One of the the best, one of the best No, they could have left it. They should have left it, but they thought, we've got something here and we're just going to put it in again. Let's be real. If that happens, but I like that he, I like, I like that he's interacting with the sort of people around him mm. when he first was electro and he sort of like uses the fire hydrant pump to sort of blast him. He knows all the sort of firefighters' names like that. He's meant to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So I like Big that he's, he gets to know, he gets to know like all the people around him. Yeah. But this, these films are literally just awful. Who, I know we mentioned it earlier, but why, all I can think about were Hans Zimmer putting dubstep in this film is like Ooh. when you see Steve Buscemi in Grown Ups. Hey, <laughs> wearing, kids. Like, a cap and a skateboard. <laughs> like, I like it. Dubstep. I like it. I but, think it works. Uh, and there's so many awful... This film isn't to be taken like lightly. It isn't to be taken like self-aware in his jokes, but some of Jamie Foxx's lines are like, Jesus Christ. He's like, what is it? It's Doesn't my birthday he... and I'm going to blow my candles out no, or something? Time to, time to light my candles. Time to... Yeah, yeah I was he, like, that's that the whole reason. And Felicity, Felicity, and Felicity Jones says the which made me laugh out loud. And it's something like a paraphrase. It's something like, oh, there's some secret to Harry Osborne. She's like, oh, there's some secret files somewhere in a file called off off the books. No, an off the books file called special projects. And I was like, oh, that's way off the books, isn't it? You called it special <laughs> projects. No one's ever going to look that's at that. That's not where you hide special that? projects. You call it something really boring <laughs> so no one goes looking. Oh, yeah. And they, sort of, 
Harry's sort of side plot literally makes no sense. So is is his is family sort of cursed, like the disease? Is that is that like activated when you tell someone about it? Because his, I did his think that. Lived to, <laughs> 63, and he tells Harry, you've, you've got this, so this will happen to you. And he starts dying immediately. Literally, <laughs> there and then, he starts being like, oh shit, I'm dying. Yeah, it's maybe fucking stress. Just maybe stress. Dean's sort of portrayal as Harry is literally terrible. Like, he looks so weird, and he's literally like just some little, like a like goth Harry Osborne. And it's like, he just mumbles and sort of. I don't. I don't know. It's just. It's just really bad. He whispers. Uh, I, I feel like the screenwriters. I feel like the screenwriters and filmmakers here just sort of wanted to give the fan service to being different to the Sam Raimi films to the people who didn't like that sort of take on it, and they just sort of everything gets lost. I feel like the film is also trying to fan service the sort of like. It's a setup film for the Sinister Six, which never yeah, happens. 100%. Like it's trying to get all these villains together, whilst trying to make Peter's and Gwen Stacy's relationship interesting. But they had no actual plot to do anything. I she think was going to. She was going Jamie, to Jamie Fox's, Oxford. Jamie Fox's performance seems like a performance you put in a film when you're trying to like poke fun at certain tropes or, or something. But I know this film is to be taken seriously. And it, I just think, like, hopefully they do him justice in No Way Home because I think he got shafted here with the sort of dialogue he, he's he already yeah, looked, Like, I when he just walk better. around his apartment, like, just talking to himself. And I was like... Uh, I think they like, played he's meant that, to be like, like why, why are all loner characters immediately, like, psychopaths? I, like, yeah, I, I, just, I, I, I don't understand. I think with Electro, in, they should have played it for sympathy, really. We should have felt sorry for Max, but because... Um, you know, because of the direction and the score as well um, that plays in those scenes. It's like, yeah, you know, oh, this is funny. Uh, you know, laugh at him. I'm like, no, you should have gone the opposite way with that because of what comes later. We need to be, you know, we need to see where he's coming from, really. Yeah, um, and the whole subplot of, like, Peter's parents and stuff, just like that is, I don't know if that's in any comics or anything, but I hate that sort of backstory for him. The point of Spider-Man like shield shield age is just a normal, comics, yeah. it's just a normal kid who just sort of becomes this thing. I don't want anything to do with his DNA. And the whole who wrote the thing with like, oh, there's some coins in the back of this phone or whatever, and then you put it in a train station and the train comes out the floor, and then there's a laptop in there with a coded message which says something about your DNA and it's coded, and no one else can be Spider-Man, which Oh, yeah. How did what? How did his dad know? Who wrote that, that down and thought that is that is? I, so how clear. did his dad know that he was going to be smart? What if his son was an idiot? How did he know that? How did he know that that was ever going to work? That's our least thinking. Wishful thinking. I like I yeah, that opening scene, like the bloody born identity, where they're having like I was like, this is this has already yeah. lost me. I kind of like it. Um, when, um <laughs> yes, um, I I adore Amazing Spider-Man two. When I, I didn't like it when it first came out, but it's grown on me over the years. Um, I think with perspective, I like how different all three of these Peter Parkers are. You know, uh, Toby is that classic 1960s nerd. Andrew in this film, it's, you know, it's his destiny to become Spider-Man. And I sort of, I, I appreciate that more over the years. And then with obviously Tom Holland, he's got the whole Tony Stark connection. So I appreciate how radically different all of their stories are. 
Um, no, I, and I, I think Electro also plays Incy Wincy Spider on the fucking electrical. He does, yeah. Great. Yeah. Whatever they are. Like, mm-hmm. God, is that great? And it, it's not a film that's like, as you say, James, it knows what it is. I think they were going for something completely different. And this film's tone is all over the place. It goes from like weirdly funny to like really corny. And then it goes to like the sort of. Um, Osborne Mansion, where everything's really broody and dark and like really like serious. And I was like, "What? What is going on?" Yeah, you get a bit of everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a tonal oh. mess. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, this film, you know, it's overstuffed. It's bloated. It's um, overly obsessed with setting up a bigger universe. Um, t- you know, a, the villains don't work as well as they should. But for me, everything that really matters about Spider-Man is so good in this movie that I just forget about all those other issues. I think this is definitive, pure Spider-Man. I think it's the best It's the best looking. We get the best action. And then those little moments where he is, you know, he's with that kid in the alleyway and he's in, so impressed that he's made a little wind turbine. That he's like, this is, you know, and he has that little moment with Jorge and it's beautiful. And then it comes back at the end. And um, one of my top five scenes in any comic book movie is Gwen Stacy's death in this movie. I think it's it makes me cry every time. You love a good fridging. Love a good fridging. <laughs> um, I think Andrew Garfield's so fucking good in that scene. And it breaks my heart. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, there are bad moments in this movie, but everything that matters to me, when I'm watching a Spider-Man movie, I think it's just so pitch perfect in the image. Where have you Spider-Man got this on your list? This is my number one. <sighs> you twat. Uh, that's funny because it's my number seven, and that encapsulates <laughs> me and you yeah. to a T. It's my, it's my <laughs> I number agree. seven. My it's, number seven as well. It's Reese's number seven. Jack, where is it on your but list? But I tried. But are I we, went into. Sorry, we're doing the first one or the second one. And I. Oh well, yeah, no, second. right. Sorry, we sort of skipped over the first one because Calvin wanted to yeah. combine them both. I've got it at number four. <laughs> the first one. Yeah. Number five. Number five. Where did you have it, Calvin? Oh, I had it at six. Six. And Reese, you had it at six. I moved it to six. So does that mean Spider-Man three is now your five? Yeah. God, this is confusing. There's very little between them, but I think Sandman makes Spider-Man three slightly more redeemable than and then The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is my number one. And then, Reese, where is it on your list? Seven. Seven, Jack? Six. And then Calvin, seven. God, that upsets me so much. <laughs> There's everything, I, it's just a, it, you know, it's a Spider-Man cartoon brought to life. And I love that about it. It's silly. It's Less, over the top. I'm, I, I'm done talking about it. But it can I, be, you can have I something that is, it. you can have something that is silly, but is good. An amazing in the right context, yeah. I, I just wish you guys enjoyed things as much as I do. I try to. I, I really about. enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I tried well, to too bad we're not about. fucking talking about it. Uh, right. cartoon brought to life. <laughs> oh, that, no, no, that is a cartoon. Different. Brought to life. To the screen. No. Right, let's Stay move on. to me. Our first Spider-Man entry in the MCU, Spider-Man Homecoming. Released in 2017, directed by John Watts. Jack, start us off on Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, far superior to The Amazing Spider-Man. Disagree. Both entries. 
I think he's a far, I think he's a much better Spider-Man than Andrew Garfield is. Um, I think let's not compare. Good. Let's not bash other spider man no, That's right. what we're doing. Nah. That's what we're doing right nah, now. That's the whole point of this. Fuck, fuck him. <laughs> Tick, yeah, fuck him. No, I don't mean that. I think he's a good actor, but no. Um, I think Tom Holland has the right, the right mix of like the heart the Spider-Man has, but also the right mix of, you know, being a quippy little boy. Um, I really love in this film. From the scene where he discovers that um, Michael Keaton is the vulture is fucking pitch perfect. The instant so like panic and terror on his face when he realizes. Yeah, we could literally do him right there and then. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, he's he so could. scared because he because he's just an adult. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting oh for because like one of my I love in you know one of uh, the Spider Man trope of all these villains somehow have just this a deep personal connection to Peter. And I was waiting all the way through. I was like, what's the vultures going to be? And then that scene happens, like all the air got like sucked out of the room. It was incredible. Yeah. And they both play it so well, especially in the car later when, uh, you know, um, Michael Keaton realizes um, he is speaking to Spider-Man. Such a good yeah. scene. An actual smart villain who figures it out without seeing them get their mask ripped off. And it's like, yeah. <gasps> one of the, one yeah. of the best villains as well, one of the best films yeah. in the Spider-Man movies in the MCU, just yeah. works. He's he's just so good, and he's like the Vulture on paper again is a ridiculous villain. Like when you see like like a comic interpretation of it, I remember oh, when yeah. they announced it. I was like, this is gonna look fucking stupid. Yeah, I but saw they someone do on Twitter so the well. other day. Such uh, a good idea, like kicking off saying like Marvel has like uninspired sort of character costume designs. And then they were like, we he would prefer it if they had like comic book accurate. I hate those people for, yeah. for like oh. the Sinister Six. And, he, and then someone's like, so what? Like the picture of Vulture, and it's like green like, and yellow. And yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'd never be scared of him, would you? If that guy turned up, no. it's Absolutely literally not. a man in a bird costume. And he's yeah. really old. He's been yeah. It's Same with Rhino. It Rhino is just a guy in a Rhino costume, like yeah, and Scorpion. And Scorpion, yeah. Although I wouldn't mind if they did the Scorpion one coming back accurate because I think yeah, that looks no, that, that would be cool. Stupid. Like, yeah, I think it'd be great. Yeah. Um, I I like how they tie in so it to like kind of, kind of set Peter up for his own story. They all look like that. I like that the Vulture is tied into like he is a, he is a villain because of his vendetta towards Tony Stark. The Spider-Man just gets sucked into, um, but then it actually becomes about him and not like Tony Stark flying in and saving the day. Yeah, like I like that. Even though I think their relationship, even though I really like their relationship, I think it these films do lean into it too much a bit. Too much. But I think they did a good job of veering off at the end of that one to just have Tony Stark completely out of the equation, not related to it whatsoever. Um. I like the first maybe like half hour of the film where he's like literally just doing friendly neighborhood shit. So good. Yeah. When and he's, he's like, like got... he's not even like in bigger New York. He's not even in Manhattan yet. He's just sticking yeah. in Queens. When he's just like, is this anyone's bike? Yeah. Because he doesn't he know what off. to do. And he's just yeah, he doesn't pestering know to do himself. I love how he's pestering Happy to just be like, yeah. what, what do I do? Tell me, yeah. am I being a good Spider-Man? Please tell it's, me. He's like, um, that, that bit is like, he's like a, kid in a toy shop 
Like mm. he and he's got like he's got like fucking unlimited money. He does not know no, he he's got such great powers, he has no idea what to do with it. What, uh, no what I love time. What I love about the beginning of this movie, because it would be all of us, is when he's in school and he's just staring at the clock and he just can't wait to go out and be Spider-Man and just yeah. and just start helping people. And I yeah, I love that. That's I love so that little funny. bit where um, is it in this one where he talks to the guy like the hot dog stand? Yeah. Do a flip. Yeah. Do a flip. Do a flip. Yeah. <laughs> Who um, comes back in Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi, yeah. So, in a, yeah. so funny. In an arguably uh, funnier cameo. I think I like what it sets up as well. Like there is uh, there's no way on this fucking planet that them setting up the prowler in this movie is not gonna come to fruition. There is absolutely no way. I don't know. I no, mean, the, d- down the line, way down, down, the, yeah, line. down the line. I, I think that's a good job how you establish having multiple villains in a film, though, by just having these little references. But there's yeah. so many. If you actually, if you actually look at this one, there's so many potential well, yeah. sort of extra characters. In it. You've got Prowler, you've got two shockers. Two even shockers. though Scorpion. I will say they wasted Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, and, yeah. And the Tinkerer. And, and Scorpion. And Scorpion. Yeah, yeah. Scorpion. Yeah, because I like how they're not, you know, the villains. It's not like, oh my God, the yeah. Shocker. It's just a character in the movie. Because Shocker's not that big. So you don't need to make him that big. I was a bit gutted as well. Like, but again, that back to that comic book accurate costume thing. Mm. The Shockers would have been cool as well. I, they shot, <laughs> you know, they leap, he's got the sleeves. He's got the... I just like the bit at the end when he's just like... When like Peter like runs out of the school and he's outside and he fucking flings him into that bus. Yeah, I just love that scene. He's so good. Bokeem. Um, yeah, what is his name? Bokeem what? Bokeem he's Woodbine. In... Yeah, fucking great name. That's great sick. name. Yeah, yeah. Fucking sick. I was going. I'm going to name my son. <laughs> Bokeem Woodbine Austin. His first part. <laughs> <laughs> AKA Shocker. Yeah, yeah, we could call him Shocker. Shocker, Shocker Woodbine. <laughs> 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 call, him, call him Little Shock when he's turning. <laughs> little Shock. AKA Little Shock. Yeah, um, yeah I... No, I'm talking about it. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> um, I love this movie. I, yeah. It just, yeah. I remember watching it in the cinema and just being like, oh, I was just, I loved every, every second of it. The only thing that annoys me, kind of, is that they're really, they're really fast and loose with his identity like mm. every fucker finds out in these in these films that he's spider-man basically nobody doesn't know apart from fucking flash <laughs> it's just it kind probably of already me. had in mind where the sort of they want his arc to go and sort of, sort of makes sense that more people find out you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah the... when i i do have a problem with how you know I get, you know, there's the Tony and Peter relationship. I just, I don't like how involved Iron Man is in this Spider-Man movie. Because I, I like Spider-Man being on his own anyway. I don't mind that he's part of a bigger universe, but I think I'd like it when Spider-Man is like the most fantastical, impressive, coolest thing in that world. Um, I think it it's works to a point. I think it goes too far when he sort of like, you know, unlocks the suit and he's got all, you know, all that tech at his disposal, that's not Spider-Man to me. Um, I think I think, I think it, with his with his arc, it does it does work. I just I I don't really have an interest in that. I think it works the best when they're on the the Staten Island ferry 
yeah. when he Peter, you are ninety eight percent successful. When he is literally, he's, he couldn't have, he basically couldn't have balls it up anymore. Yeah, and Iron Man, who's like an experienced hero, comes in, fucking sorts it out in minutes. Mm. Um, just to like show how far away Peter is from being like an actual hero. Yeah, I, also... what, I think that's what I like about the film. I like this kind of, uh, you know, like about with this journey to to him being Spider Man because obviously he's Spider Man yeah. already in his little neighborhood. Yeah, but it's almost that journey to him being like, you know, being Spider Man, big like, time, yeah, being yeah. ready for like Avengers level, you know, threats. Yeah, because like the other the other Spider Man films seem to have like their villains almost seem like they could be Avengers level. You know, it seems like such a huge threat. Yeah. Whereas like Tony Stark and the Avengers aren't even concerned about Vulture and Vulture's not even that hard to beat. Like, well, no, they're not because literally like, like, take him down with one web yeah, and so on. But like, I love that they've managed to keep, make it feel small, but make it feel a big deal to Peter. Like Peter's like, thinks his like life's in danger. Like is him starting to learn. Yeah. It's and an I appropriate level like, thing. Yeah. And I don't mind yeah, that I- man being in it like a lot because unlike the other two i feel like he needed that like mentor character and obviously it pays off in the, the second film when he no longer also, has that, iron man like, is pretty rate. intrinsic to vulture's character as well because this whole deal is that his yeah. contract got taken yeah, off in yeah. front of just... his company like i don't know how his story would work because i think that's what makes him so sympathetic but he's just this my major problem man my major problem is that by putting Tony in that that father figure um, role, is you completely omit Uncle Ben, who is arguably arguably the most important person in Peter's life. And I think taking out Uncle Ben, you know, you don't really get a mention to him. It's it's hinted at, but you know, it doesn't even get the name drop or anything. I just think. I just think like I think I think you're missing kill, so much. Kill two of his two of his father figures. That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah, just and, and then, uh, and there needs, should have been something like, about. If you, and, if then, you, and then, and then almost Uncle Ben gives him all his sensibilities, and then Tony Stark sort of gets him off the ground. Yeah, and I think it's good. In, for him I do too, think yeah. in the other, in the all the other Spider-Man stuff, it is a bit unbelievable how he like makes this suit and in, in the Tobey Maguire ones, but then it's unbelievable how Andrew Garfield has no money, but he's able to make all this tech just from being smart, and that just wouldn't. That's just not conceivable. Like people are really yeah. smart. If you don't have the sort of outlet for it, you can't make these amazing things. Oh, also, can't stick to walls. <laughs> it's just, I, yeah. I like, I like it when you know it's Spider-Man sort of making his own stuff. I don't like yeah, but he, yeah. big Iron Man influence. But he's no, dead I, now, I think... so he has got to go, essentially go out on his own. Yeah, but I think, I think, it yeah, does I can't pay, wait. I, I think yeah. it does. I pay just think. I think it needed something fresher because you've had all those those five other Spider-Man movies together in like a relatively short space of time. Like the Uncle Ben thing, like I know it is like important to his character, but I think it gives it a, a, it's a nice new perspective because it just gets a bit stale, like seeing it over and over again. I don't think I could have watched it. I, w- I, I, I will say one, one <laughs> criticism I have of Tom Holland, which I think is his, the biggest criticism, is this is very like paint by numbers portrayal of Peter Parker and Spider Man, which I think is more attributed to him fitting in the overall MCU and the sort of feel of the characters in, in those. That it does feel his characterization does feel too safe at times. 
But I feel that's why people like him so much because he is so likable, but that's all he is. He's nothing more than being a really likable kid and a really likable Spider-Man. He has that naivety about him. I like, yeah, I like that younger, because he is so but young. Will we ever see him go to that dark, those dark places? Well, I, I feel like this Spider-Man is what's going to happen in this. I don't know. I don't really think they will. The MCU doesn't really seem to like to want to mess about with its sort well, of like I, IP I that think, much. I think after this film, he's not going to be in the MCU. Well, so. hopefully he kills Ned or something. It was real dark. <laughs> Well, you know, they've sort of they've sort of like quasi announced that we are getting three more Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. So, I'm, and yeah. you know, he'll be in college. Yeah, but I think, think when he gets older, they'll sort of delve into that because you know how, how dark. Well, are I think you they said that. Like, I swear they said that they are MCU films. I I, I don't. They said that they would still be like and, working with Marvel. Yeah, I know, but I I've got a theory. I'll talk to you about it some other time, but um. Or after the movie, if it happens. Um, yeah, I like his youthfulness. I like how excited he is to go out and be Spider-Man. And one of my favourite tropes is another Spider-Man trope is when, you know, when Peter Parker's doing well, Spider-Man isn't. When Spider-Man's doing well, Peter isn't. And I I love the part in this film, where, you know, where Tony does take the suit off him. He's like, well, you know, I've got really no other options left. Now. I'm just going to have to be Peter Parker, and everything sort of starts going up for him. He gets the girl. He's going to, uh, he's going to the homecoming dance, and then when he has to come back into action, you know, he he fucks it all up again, and he loses everything. I th- I think he also does a really good job of being hurt as well. When Vulture drops the entire like building on him, and so he's, like good. stuck under it. I I actually so get good. quite like I'm like God, did this like an actual kid stuck it, under some rubble? Yeah, because he's like squealing for. He's squealing yeah. for help. He's like, please help me. Again. Well, I also love that the aspect of, you know, if you're, it's the whole, I love Iron Man's influence when he says, if you're nothing without a suit, you don't deserve it, which is mm. sort of how Iron Man came to be. You know, Iron Man 3, baby. He's more, he's, he's more than the suit. Yeah. So I enjoyed that the last act of the film, it's like a big third act thing, but he's only in like his little pajamas or whatever. Yeah. I would have proves. preferred uh, the, the final battle. I think, you know, I would have loved to see Spider-Man and Vulture sort of like flying around the city, having that, having their fight. No, I think it's much more. No, but I love that it's small. Then it, just, it, it's, yeah, but they're also taking down, you know, a less, huge plane. It's less about it being visually interesting, more about like what it means to the character. Like, they, it's big. It's still big. It's a huge plane full of like artifacts crashing, mm. but still, it's it's really it's, it's that's a huge deal. But it's quite small, but it's a big deal to Peter. That's what yeah, I think no, yeah, really I like matters. the scale yeah. of the story. I think it, yeah, it's like appropriate. And obviously, we go bigger as we get through the movies. Yeah. Um, where does well, Spider-Man Homecoming? Now, just... Well, yeah, um, where does Spider-Man Homecoming fall on everyone's list? I've got it at number two. At number three. Number three. I've got it at number two. Two. It's, it's four for me. And was, number four. It was, a, it was a tough one between the two new ones. Which way to put them? All I right. Think, I think actually, actually, after talking about it, I think it's number two. Oh, and God. Spider-Man is number three. Just re- at, well, during talking about it, I was like, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, I think it's number two. And Spider-Man one is your number three. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, right. The last one on our list, Spider-Man Far From Home. 
came out in 2019, yet again, directed by John Watts. Uh, Reese, do you want to start us off? Um, yeah, I, <clears throat> yeah I, I, this is second on my list. And it was, be- it was between this and Homecoming. But I think, I don't know, I think I, I like this slightly more because I like that kind of exploration of um, Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker, not having Tony Stark in his life anymore. And mm. almost a need to replace him with um, Mysterio. Because he's yeah. like, oh, another, you know, father figure, you know, and it's like latching on and like how that backfires. And again, I think it's like his story in this is really interesting of that kind of loss and grief and then coming through that to essentially, you know, become... Spider-Man, this new Spider-Man, and almost kind of taking the mantle from you know Tony Stark with that bit in the plane where he's you know making oh. the suit. You know, oh, it's unreal. I like you know. the dialogue in that scene is so good because this whole film is about you know can I live up to Tony, and then Happy's like no, you know you're not you're never going to be Iron Man, but yeah. that's not the point. Tony doesn't want you to be Iron Man. Tony wants you to be Spider-Man. Well, he says he says a. Uh, not even Tony can live up to Tony. Brilliant. Great, yeah. great. Line. Oh, that Which scene, honestly, I think yeah. is such a perfect scene and he needed that, this character. And then immediately you go and play a song synonymous with Iron Man. Yeah. And then put him in all his Iron Man tech. I was like, oh, well, you had me. And then you sort of dragged me out. Yeah, well, I think that's just like... Like... Didn't need happy. it. We've moved on now. That scene was us moving on. You're not the next Iron Man. You're the first Spider-Man. And then they immediately go and do that. I was like... Come on. Yeah, because despite the fact that he's he's not Iron Man, he's Spider-Man, they are still uh, they're still very similar. Even yeah. though he's his own person. And I think you know the I, know, thing, I, think, I think that's is, like the breaking this film up is, point. I think this film is the sort of it's it, the whole film, even with the villain mysterious, meant to be the looming shadow that Iron Man, someone like Iron Man or Tony Stark could leave on the world because yeah. he was such a presence. Which I think is where it might suffer. You said, James, where it sort of suffers that he, he that it still doesn't let Spider-Man go off on his own. Mm. But I do feel it's part of the arc. If the, if he just completely forgot about Tony completely and he wasn't this huge, like this, like in the context of the, this universe, he's the one. Everyone knew who he was anyway, and yeah. then he was Iron Man. He saved the the world in New York multiple times, and then he literally saves the entire universe. Like, how could you not expect him? I think it works because how do you not expect him to be that huge looming shadow over everything that's going to no, go no, on? No, no, I'm fine with this. All of his sort of like... scene to go from no, yeah, oh, you're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not Iron Man to oh, let's play some Iron Man music. Just but yeah, I, I still, I still like you know that I still think it's a good idea for him to have like Iron Man tech and stuff because I, I just don't buy like where you would get it from. Yeah, yeah. I for the things that they, it makes sense. It for the things sense. that this Spider-Man now has to face with the next film and the stuff he's had to face in against Thanos and so on, you're gonna you need. need it. He can't be in just his normal yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, he can't be in a suit, which I think they encapsulate when he's in Infinite War and he's saying he can't breathe. You know, you need mm. something a bit more. If Spider-Man's become cosmic, yeah. Um, I like this movie. I think tonally, you know, it's on par with the first film. I like how we're still sticking with the high school setting. We're not rushing him out of high school into college. Um, I like his group of friends. I like that, you know, it this, you know, this Peter Parker has friends. He's not, he's not the outcast, he's not the complete 
dork that Toby Maguire was. You know, he's got friends and they're all nerds too, and it's great. I even like that Flash is a nerd. He's a bully, but he's, a, he's still a nerd. Um, what I don't like about this film is I don't like Spider-Man in Europe. Not for me. Spider-Man should be in New York. It's so it's integral to who he is. He went to space, mate. That's fine, because that wasn't a Spider-Man movie. But I don't like Spider-Man in Europe. I, it just it doesn't sit well with me. And I don't like Spider-Man fighting drones. I think that's so visually boring and uninteresting. I just, yeah. And Mysterio. Mysterio is great. Mysterio. Well, yeah. yeah I know. Like, if they want to make that. him conceivably realistic, because if they had him doing, like, magician's tricks, it would have been a tonally quite a different film. I, it I, might have worked. Also, if, if, I don't like I the think... whole drone thing altogether, because I think that it feels so far from what Tony would actually make. You know, it's a big yeah. satellite in space with killer drones. And I'm like, no, wasn't that sort of sort of the plot of Winter Soldier, and we put an end to that. So I don't know why Tony would then, you know, go and... Yeah, didn't he want to make, make a shield on the world, then... not a... Yeah, not a massive <laughs> killing machine in space. I, I didn't get that. And then to give that tech... It, part of Mysterio's problem is, you know, why the fuck is he giving this to a kid? I was did, with Mysterio on that one. Did, to, did Tony arm them, or was that Mysterio? I, I mean, I, I don't know. Did he Tony just them. have them with the... He armed them because when Tony, when Peter's got the glasses, he nearly uh, blows up his school bus, doesn't he? And that's before oh, yeah, Mysterio's well, not, even yeah. got a. I'm not totally sure why he armed them. Yeah, because I, when I we're, think that's really when we're first silly. introduced to Bath or whatever mm. in Civil War, it's used as like a he when he explains it on stage that it's meant to be like a like a therapeutic thing. Yeah, yeah. But you can um, also you can also shoot so in all or yourself if you get sick of seeing these yeah, things. I thought it was really dumb. <laughs> Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is great as Mysterio. I think that scene where you know you see his turn is so well done. And I like the, the, also, I don't like, like the his suit when he's when he's not Mysterio though. I wish they put him in like a cheesy suit, like he's in his mocap suit. Uh, yeah, I like that. I think that's funny. I like, um, but I his like big how... Mysterio scene I th- is so impressive. And in the cinema, I was like, this is one of the greatest bits of Spider-Man I, I've ever seen. This is so good. I like the um, like the unveiling of like the team of theatri- theatrics behind. Yeah, I was going to say now, that bit in the yeah. bar where he gives him the glasses. Yeah, you've got to have a great, team. Yeah. You can't believe that he's going to do all this. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and I, like um, when you, I like when you kind of go back then and you watch and then you notice that they're like in the background of certain scenes. Tony Stark built this in a cave. A bunch of scraps! With a box of scraps! Tony! Tony! Um, I think... I, lo- I love Zendaya and Tom <clears throat> together as well. I think they're not as good as Andrew and Emma, but they're great. They are. They are. Mm, it makes more sense. I don't know. On those um, press tours, they are, they are milking that relationship, aren't they? Oh, you've got to. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> you've got to. They bloody love it. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? I I don't I don't hate the drones because I think like if if they went around the route of like him ha- having actual like a- illusion magic like so like in the same like air as like Doctor Strange or whatever how the fuck is he gonna beat that like I think drones is realistic that he could beat how is he yeah. like imagine. Imagine but now like James has said it. Fighting. I do hate that they have guns. Now James yeah, I just don't it, think I don't, don't think it makes guns. the drones are fine. But why do they have guns? I don't think it makes sense. Mm. And just visually, I'm like, uh, 
Spider-Man punching but then, a but then white robot. Boring. But then, like the bath, the bath thing in Civil War. Yeah, I think those those things are just put onto the drones so that it can, you know, it can move in real time. But like in that thing in Civil War, there's obviously not there's no drones around him. It's just like a little emitter thing. No, yeah, no. So the bath, the bath tech wasn't on the drones before Mysterio got his hands on them. He added that went onto the drones he already had, and then obviously onto the drones later when he acquires Edith. The bath, around, the bath wasn't part every, of it before every, every, Mysterio yeah, was involved. Everything Tony Stark makes has weapons anyway. Like all his iron, like those, like what was it like the Iron Legion or whatever he makes? They're all just Iron Man suits. They have weapons. Yeah, but I, for. Tony he can just summon the, from anywhere. The, yeah, but Tony at the end of his arc to be like, oh yeah, this big killer satellite in space that I never once use in Avengers Endgame, by the way, when we probably could have, they would have been a bit of help. Yeah, done with that. Yeah. It's stupid. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I hate it. I love that we, I love because we're from the UK and when we say bath, it sounds like someone's taking a bath. Barf. <laughs> because we don't say barf. barf yeah. Because we're, we're barf. Barf idiots. Sorry to our <laughs> nine uh, United States listeners. No, we've just lost eight, them all now. Probably. We've just lost yeah, them all. Yeah, eight now. <laughs> <laughs> also, this film kind of makes make kind of makes Nick Fury look a bit inept, doesn't it? Well, it's not Nick Fury, is it? Yeah, he's in space. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a scr- <laughs> yeah. Remember that really? Remember that really important? But also, part like, we, <laughs> but also, like, there are like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> you like, completely forget about that. I did forget that, but also like the bit when he is when Jake Gyllenhaal's about to like kill him, yeah, and then like on the comms to Maria Hill, he's like, "You got me," and then she blows up. That was fucking Nick Fury, man. That was baller. You don't just learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was fucking. That was Nick. That, yeah, but that was like you can't learn swag. <laughs> that was I'm, that was fucking cool. No, I'm not fully convinced, swag man. I'm not. Con- I'm not convinced. I don't know. I'm not convinced much. that when they first shot this movie, that they were completely like on the idea of yeah, Nick Fury and Maria Hill are scrolls. I have a feeling that came later, but I'm obviously I can't be sure because like there are bits in this film like yeah, that's that's fucking Nick Fury. Because how? Yeah. Because how does he know? How does he know exactly what Nick Fury would do? Maybe he's just a really good no, I think actor. They've obviously research, got. They've yeah. obviously like been working. They've been working together since like the nineties. Yeah, met Captain Marvel, so they're obviously quite knowing. The scrolls, Talos is like obviously a master. You know, like sort of getting into in, infiltrating things. I think he could learn pretty quickly. And you also you get all the memories, don't you? Of, do you? you get like oh, certain, yeah. not all of them, but you get like certain things. But I oh, remember right, Captain okay. Marvel. They trying to they try and explain it. They they can't get like certain things, but you do get like a sort of feeling of the person. And I don't oh, think the they added tacked it on later because the whole scene with when they meet Nick Fury essentially trusts Mysterio. I think they were just trying to free off the scent with the bit with that Mysterio tries to kill him and he does that cool thing by. I le- saying you got me, but I, I think like it's very obvious when you watch it back that like, wait, Nick Fury is too smart to to like, yeah, to, like be fooled by this guy. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. I also like the gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone on my head. <laughs> I kind of liked it that much. 
Um, where does Far From Home fall on everyone's list? It is my number six. Two Jesus for me. Christ. Two for you. Uh, number four. Number four. And Jack? Four. Four. Right. Talk, talk amongst yourselves for a second, and I'll get this list done. Get some elevator music going. Can't believe you forgot. What? Can't believe you forgot that detail. Yeah, I watched it. I watched that literally. I literally watched it a week ago. That's quite a big reveal. In the last month, I've seen it twice, and I just can't remember because I'm I'm just married to that scene being fucking cool, and I forget everything else. They've really they've really got you. You still don't know if you're scrolling. The scroll, the scrolls, man. The scrolls are gonna fuck me every time. <laughs> that's that's why I'm not I'm not a ma- I don't know if I'm gonna like him because everything can just be like every, everything could just be a scroll and it annoys me. Guys, I've got our list. So coming in at number seven, Spider-Man three. At number six, the amazing Spider-Man. Good. At number five, the amazing Spider-Man two. At number four, Spider-Man. At number three. Spider-Man Far From Home at number two Spider-Man Homecoming and at number one Spider-Man 2 Just really fair list as as controversial as I thought it was going to go Well I'm pretty pissed off that my (laughs) favourite is quite low down but um, you know I I said my piece and that's okay with me You can change your lights now yeah, fuck these James Spider-Man is going to do the most editing for this part he's ever done, and somehow it's it's going to come out. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two's on top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah gonna gonna working, you've somehow cut certain words out. Going to be working long yeah. hours, way into the night. To, he, just starts, <laughs> to he just starts. My goal. Yeah, this doesn't come out for six months because he starts recording <laughs> us and editing out our words in real life. <laughs> just has a fucking clip clip out of all the words. Why are you following me around with that recorder? No reason. No reason. Yeah. Why are you recording? Why are you recording this intimate conversation? I'm I'm in tears. <laughs> <laughs> Stop asking me about Spider-Man. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah. blubbing like Jack say Venom. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep asking me to say different numbers? I don't get it, but it's fine. <laughs> Seven Venom. Uh, yeah, I mean that looks that looks like a pretty pretty okay list to me. Um, where where do we think? Just from our initial... Number one. Number one. No Way Home is going to be number one. You reckon it's going to be the number one film? I've Carl? never been... I've... I don't like to... Carl's I don't more like to do that. I can't, I can't decide beforehand. Yeah. I've never no, been the... more excited for a film in my life. No, I, I genuinely think this is... No Way Home is going to be one of the best, if not the best... Um, film? Film ever. <laughs> it, I'll, I, you, know, you know me, Jack. I'll come out of that film and say it's my favourite film of all time. Right. That is it for our Spider-Man ranked and reviewed. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know what your rankings are down below in the comments. Comments? Comments. Thanks. If you're listening audio only, then make sure to tell us your lists on Twitter at Keeping It Real UK. From there, you can find links to all of our pages. Make sure you've subscribed. Uh, the next time we see you, hopefully, will be a review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, But until then, have a great week and keep it real.